pop culture and politics. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. A great day with a great guest, a veterans advocate, a former triage nurse, and soon to be elected member of the United States Senate. I'm talking, of course, about Tiffany Smiley, who has caused an earthquake in the political world. A a headline in the New York Times, in the New York Times, it says, a liberal state wakes up to the possibility a Senate seat might flip. And yes, they're talking about Tiffany Smiley, uh, who is the Republican nominee for U.S. Senate, right now in a very, very close race with uh, Patty Murray. Uh, congratulations, Tiffany, to all of the momentum and to the recent indications that you may be just on the verge of victory. Yes. Oh, thank you, Michael, and thank you for having me on. You know, this election is so important. I've been at this for 18 months. I've been in all 39 counties. I've listened to the voices of Washington families, hardworking Washington families all over this amazing, great state. And it is time for change. You know, our family served and sacrificed for this country. Um, And when I went back after I fought and kept my husband on active duty, I went back and I took on the VA. And um, I was fighting for every Democrat, every Republican, every independent service member in their family. Senator Murray has forgotten about us. She's been in D.C. for 30 years. And I remind everyone in every room I go into in Washington State, 30 years and this is where we are. Enough is enough. Senator Murray is just a go-along to get-along. She's just a vote. She's actually only passed nine bills with her name on it in the last 30 years. Washington State deserves representation. I will fight for Washington State like I fought for my husband. We deserve life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And there is a lot on the ballot. And I think it's been clear in our debates, in our town halls, who is ready to serve. Senator Murray is just running smear campaigns, trying to scare Washington voters. She wants to scare you. I want to serve all of Washington state. And that's exactly why you are seeing the polls tighten. Our message is resonating. It's truth and it's hope for all of Washington state. And uh, for people in in Washington who may elect you U.S. Senator uh, this coming Tuesday, I can't believe it's that close. Uh, What's the first difference they will notice when you take over that Senate seat? Yes, they will notice that I will take all of their voices and take them to the halls of Congress and be a fighter for them. I mean, we have real issues on the ballot. We have to rein in the out-of-control spending. We certainly need to lower gas prices. You know, I'll never forget just a few weeks ago, I saw um, two little girls in a Kent Safeway parking lot. Um, They were playing outside of their car with their dolls as if it was their backyard. They were clearly living out of their car. Their mom was inside trying to get food to make ends meet. That woman does not need Patty Murray's electric vehicle voucher. That woman needs gas prices to be lower, the cost of food to be lower, and a shot at the American dream. Um, I always say, you know, I'm going to fight for women to ensure that they have child care, access to health care. And unlike Senator Murray, I'll go get it done. 30 years, and she hasn't been able to figure it out. Washington State deserves a senator who will lead from the front. Okay, generally, there is a a piece today in the Wall Street Journal with a new poll about how, uh, asked which party has a better plan to get inflation under control, the share of suburban women who say the Republican Party has gone up to 55%. The Democratic Party is now 24%. Uh, 
there has been a swing against the Democrats toward the Republican side of 27 points nationwide among white suburban yeah. women. Why do you think that happened? Yeah, and rightfully so. Senator Murray is not talking about these issues. She's talking about this big climate change package that she passed that actually raises taxes on everyone. We can be climate friendly and protect our environment, but we have to do it right here where we do it best. That's why that is tightening. Because Senator Murray has no vision, no plan, and no agenda to get in this out-of-control spending and lower gas prices. That's why we're seeing those polls tighten. Um, she doesn't even talk about it. If you look at any of her interviews, you look at our debates, you look at our town hall, she doesn't want to even come close to the issues that are affecting hardworking Washington families. I do. I have a whole agenda to, her, to turn crisis into hope for all of Washington. Um, there's real issues, and it breaks my heart because it doesn't have to be this way. Um, you know, Michael, I, I know you know our story, and, and I have a track record of taking on big government and winning. That's what Washington State wants. Senator Murray is Washington, D.C., um, and that couldn't be more clear than this election that we have coming up. And, uh, by the way, the story, for people who don't know it, is your husband was critically wounded. He lost his vision uh, with a, a IED in uh, serving our country in Iraq. And you fought, led the fight, to get him his ability to continue on active duty. I believe he's the first officer... Yes ever in the U.S. military to continue as someone who is blind in, in that situation. That's the story you're yes. talking about. Yes, no, exactly. I wasn't afraid to take on big government at 23 years old, where I had student loan debt and I had a car payment. I didn't know what the future would hold, but I knew what the right thing to do was, and that was to stand up and fight for my husband's life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And he went on and became the first blind active duty officer to ever serve our country against all odds. Um, and truly remarkable, an honor to serve this country. This country is amazing and it's absolutely worth fighting for. But in that fight, I went back and I took on the VA to fight, like I mentioned, like I opened the show for every Democrat, Republican, and independent service member and their family. It's exactly who I'm fighting for in this Senate race. Um, we need change. Everywhere I go, Michael, across Washington State, hundreds of people are coming out. Democrats, independents, they want common sense, they want change, they want a leader who will go fight for them versus a 30-year incumbent who only fights for Washington, D.C. Um, Senator Murray's policies are always based on intentions, and I think, you know, the voters are starting to see that. Um, we cannot have policy based on intention. We have got to have policy that's based on results, that delivers results for Washington families all across the state. And your husband's been on the campaign trail with you. I, we had the chance to meet him yes. at a reception <laughs> on your behalf. He's a formidable campaigner in his own right, isn't he? Yes, he is. He, uh, he's my secret weapon. He's incredible. He's an amazing human being. And, you know, um, uh, I haven't always shared this publicly. I share it in some of the rooms I talk to. But um, Scotty was actually the one who came to me when I was trying to decide about getting in this race. And and he said, Tiffany, there's one person who can beat Patty Murray in Washington State, and I hate to tell you, honey, but it's you. Um, and he, he said, you know, you you kicked me out of that hospital bed, and you believed that I had purpose and a vision for something better. Um, and, he's, and he said, go do that for Washington State. So he's behind me all the way. In fact, I have a couple of my boys on my bus tour um, with me now. We're going all over Washington State, all over the state. 
um, not just in one area, but every single part of the state we have touched. And that's exactly why we will win this election. People need leadership and we need change now more than ever. I don't know if you've seen the New York Times piece about you today, but it has the line in it uh, quoting someone you met on the campaign trail named Angela Dabb. They say in the New York Times she's probably the one and only person maybe in the state who can beat Patty Murray. And uh, with God's help, may may that be true. Uh, Tiffany, I, I wish you Godspeed. You're such a needed jolt of energy. Uh, for the entire state, for Republicans and independents, and yes, for Democrats too. Uh, folks, the the one thing most important, and I know that Tiffany agrees with me on this, uh, go out and vote. Make sure your ballot gets in, because we do have predominantly mail-in voting. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't have blind faith in the, you'll pardon the expression, in the fo- postal service get that ballot in before the weekend it's coming up uh tiffany smiley uh, more on this senate race and the race for control of the senate in general which continues shifting and moving in one direction which direction we will get to it on the medved show the Michael Medved Show, all across America. I really enjoy your program. I listen to talk radio all day. You're definitely right up there, the cream of the crop. This is The Michael Medved Show. The Michael Medved Show. I'm appalled. I'm appalled. Uh, just one more word about future Senator, I hope, uh, Tiffany Smiley. Uh, it, it is remarkable if to win the state of Washington is a miracle. It may not be as much of a miracle as winning over the New York Times. And again, I am just amazed that a couple of days before the election, they run a huge article like this one by Emily Cochran is the name of the reporter. I want to give her credit. She writes toward the end of her long piece about this looming upset in Washington state at a rally kicking off her bus tour across the state of Washington. uh, Ms. Smiley held back tears as she talked about her husband's encouragement for her political campaign, reiterating a pledge to work so that our children have a country worth giving your eyesight for as the crowd murmured and then cheered in approval. She will linger after events to warmly embrace supporters and to pose for selfies, thanking them for their prayers ahead of the election. She's probably the one and only person, maybe in the state, who can beat Patty Murray, said Angela Dabb, a small business owner who attended an event on Miss Miley's bus tour at Nana's Southern Kitchen, a restaurant in Covington that boasted fried chicken and catfish. I was in tears said uh, Ms. Dab, I was in tears, and so when a politician can move you like that, you know, it's coming from the heart. As uh, stops, uh, it stops along Ms. Smiley's bus tour, attendees described frustration with years of Democratic control in their state and across the country. For multiple voters, it was the first time they had decided to volunteer for any campaign and to attend events. Seeing a glimmer of hope 
that the state's Republicans could actually claim a seat in the U.S. Senate. Uh, look, wouldn't you say if, if you, you read that, that, that them saying that about the Democrats, that it would sound biased in behalf of the Democrats? Well, here they are giving fair coverage to Tiffany Smiley, and it sounds biased. Uh, here are a couple of emails. Uh, Richard in California writes in, uh, Michael, I like your optimism about the election, but have you forgotten if it's not close, they can't cheat? Seven Senate seats are close. They will cheat, and they could win. They also have the personalities and characters to match their ways. The Democrats, of course. They lie and they cheat. Republicans tell the truth. I do not know of one election wherein the Democrats haven't tried to cheat, winning a few, and one elections wherein the Republicans have tried to cheat. I also don't know of one current high-profile Democrat who's likable and one current high-profile Republican who isn't. That is, except for one regarding the latter, who's 50% likable, but his policies and record make up for the other half. No Democrat can even come close to this either. Um, look, I, I, th I think it's, it's wrong to underrate your opponents, and it doesn't help you win. And underrating your opponents is assuming that they are all uh, resigned to and resolved to win by cheating. I don't think that's necessarily true. I think you have a, a number of Democrats. Uh, for instance, there's one who, who won't win, who's very impressive uh, and uh, who is a, an admiral in the U.S. Navy, Admiral Michael Franken. And he's running against Chuck Grassley in Iowa. He, he won't win. Grassley has been there forever. He's 89 years old. But to say that someone has dedicated his life to military service and has the kind of military record that Admiral Franken does, come on. Uh, we, shouldn't, we should be, as people sometimes write to me and somebody else has, uh, wrote to me, I'm about to read that email, but uh, we should be better than that. Uh, it, the fact that someone is a Democrat doesn't mean that someone is an innately dislikable and a terrible person. I'll tell you a, a Democrat who had, has never been involved with cheating of any kind and I think is an outstanding public servant. And he's a Democrat that I was very proud to vote for. Uh, and yes, our ballots are in already. I, it, his name is Adam Smith. And he is a congressman from uh, the Seattle suburbs. And uh, he is a great public servant and a great supporter of our military and a completely honorable person. And uh, yes, Congressman Smith is going to win re-election. He's chairman of the Armed Services Committee. He won't be chairman when the Republicans take over the House, but he will still be a useful and prominent and decent voice and unless you can on both sides uh, re Republicans should think about the Democrats who are decent and hard-working and patriotic and uh, Democrats you ought to do the same which you don't do when you compare white suburban women to cockroaches 
And when you, like Michael Bushloss, say that if we lose this election, meaning Democrats, it'll be the end of the republic and there will be no free publishing and no freedom of speech and no freedom in, in, any, uh, in any arena. Uh, by the way, for people who fear that, who agree with Michael Bishloss, uh, tell me how this is supposed to happen. Because even in your imagination, it seems so bizarre, especially with President Biden in office for two more years, or is he going to be part of it? Uh, this came uh, from Todd in Seattle. He says, Michael, have you finally dropped to disgusting level by criticizing people? I thought you were above that. Yes, Fetterman has problems, but how easily you forget the backing for the IQ challenged Herschel Walker. Uh, Dems will vote for Fetterman to keep the um, MAGA uh, maggots out of Congress and to preserve our democracy, a good cause. GOP will vote for Walker to gain control of Congress and push the fascist MAGA agenda, not a good cause. Your party, unfortunately, no longer exists, Michael. It has been replaced by a cult. It is tragic. Okay, you talk about the fascist MAGA agenda. Todd, give us a call. What is the fascist MAGA agenda? Is it fascist to want to get government spending under control? Is it fascist to want to support our military more generously? Is it... Uh, fascist, uh, basically to try to work together on budgetary matters and uh, getting uh, oil prices down, for instance. I, this fascist MAGA agenda, I don't think there is an agenda out there to uh, make Trump emperor. There are a lot of people, many people, who would like to see him win the presidency again, but it's not fascist merely to run. And it's not fair to use that designation. Uh, we will be right back on the Medved Show in the uh, Ku Klux Klan in the news. Three different stories. Why is that relevant? That's kind of amusing. We'll be right back on the Medved Show. Your daily dose of debate. It's the... And on the Michael Medved Show, I'm not suggesting that the Ku Klux Klan is funny. There's nothing funny about the Ku Klux, Klux Klan. It's uh, an, an evil and hideous organization responsible for literally thousands of murders. And, and it is. Uh, over many years, you certainly would have a, a total in, in the thousands when it comes to the lynchings that the Ku Klux Klan eagerly sponsored. So it's not a joke. However, the idea that uh, white supremacy and the Ku Klux Klan are on the rise here, that there's a building tidal wave, I think is a bit hysterical and uh, does lead to some funny excesses. For instance, uh, horses cannot be Klansmen. It's just not going to work. Uh, but 
<laughs> that hasn't stopped a matter of concern in Lake County, Ohio, uh, where uh, basically uh, there were a number of people for Halloween who dressed up uh, their horses in what they thought were ghost costumes. Well, the police horses, however, were unbeknownst to them wearing costumes that became identified with the Ku Klux Klan. This is uh, audio from uh, WJW-TV in Ohio. Listen. I was shocked and I'm embarrassed. Is there nobody on staff that's like, this is not a good idea? Some Lake County residents reached out to the Fox 8 I team Tuesday, upset about the costumes put on the horses of the Lake County Sheriff's Mounted Unit for Halloween. The horses went to neighborhoods during trick-or-treat hours Monday. So the riders um, thought, whoa, what a great idea if we would have big ghosts going down the street. The horses were covered with a white sheet with holes cut out for their ears, eyes, and nose. They also had on orange pumpkin lights. As the horses went down the street, they were lit up for Halloween. And tell you the truth, the community loved it. The kids were coming out, whoa, these are great ghost horses. The sheriff said pictures of the horses were put on the sheriff's office Facebook page. The sheriff tells us that the majority of the comments on the horses were positive, but he did say there were a few negative posts. And that's when he decided to remove the pictures from the social media page. As much as I didn't want to take it down, I took it down because I just didn't want it to go the wrong way. However, some say they don't believe the costumes were appropriate. A sheriff's office, you know, that's supposed to be out there protecting people. And if I saw that on my street, I would be terrified. That was in very poor execution for a ghost. I mean, if you go back and look at pictures of, you know, the Ku Klux Klan, it's like the exact replica of what they like what the horses look like the sheriff stresses that the costumes were never meant to offend anyone i'm sorry that perception was there it was never our intention to do that certainly the lights over the, over those the halloween lights decorating it i i certainly didn't see any clan members decorated for halloween okay uh, uh, one of the things that is very striking when you look at the photos and they have run photos now in newspapers showing uh, real Klan horses. Uh, and yes, the Klan horses are sort of dressed in white robes. But they have something really very different about it, which is that the riders in the Klan photos are wearing Klan regalia and the pointed uh, hood white hood and the police officers are dressed in police uniforms which are not white they are a dark blue and uh, again the horses had no intention to offend and I think it's true that the police department had no intention to offend now that may not be true as much in a uh, another story this one from Springville Utah a student at Springville High School is now facing disciplinary action for wearing a Halloween costume resembling a Ku Klux Klan robe. The KKK is a group that started back in the 1860s and 70s, etc. But uh, what was the problem? Uh, the Nebo School District said in a statement that a student came to school on Monday, Halloween, in a ghost costume, but then the student 
put on a white hood to take a photo later in the morning. A photo of the costume was posted to social media, calling it out for how it looked like the robe of a member of the KKK. Okay, not funny, but uh, the idea that he was wearing the hood to make him look like a Ku Klux Klan member, uh, I'm not sure if that hood occurred on or off campus. And then there is this. A uh, Slocum High School senior named Michael Harrison Barnett was, Barrett, pardon me, was arrested and charged after allegedly stabbing another party goer on Halloween. Witnesses say the victim walked up to Barrett at the party with hundreds of other youths in costume. He told uh, Barrett, the victim, that the costume was offensive and he should take it off. Barrett then got into a fight with the other student, which is when Barrett allegedly pulled a knife and stabbed him. So, which is more serious here? Uh, the, the guy wearing his uh, clan outfit to a Halloween uh, party, which is tasteless and rude and offensive and should never have happened, but uh, actually then stabbing the guy who criticized him for wearing the uh, Klan outfit. The victim was taken to a Dothan area hospital where he underwent surgery and is reportedly in stable condition. The party was quickly stopped and they dispersed when first responders arrived on the scene. Uh, police indicated that more arrests could happen in the future. Again, understand, known as being arrest for wearing a Ku Klux Klan outfit. I mean, you can be criticized but uh, if you're wearing a Ku Klux Klan outfit and you stab someone who objects to it, uh, that's a, a different story and not forgivable at all. Uh, speaking about not forgivable at all, uh, there is more on uh, the state of uh, this campaign. And... Uh, in terms of uh, President Biden's speech, and I think some of the overreaction to Biden's most recent speech. The, the real mistake about the president's speech last night from Union Station was he had tried it already. It was very similar in its content, though not quite in its virulence, to the speech that he gave in front of Independence Hall, which really backfired, if anything, on President Biden. And something else, when we talk about unforgivable opinions, uh, there is an op-ed, an extraordinary, in the L.A. Times, major newspaper, uh, basically defending the smearing of food on artistic masterpieces as an effective means of uh, counteracting climate change. Uh, how, how does this work? And when people talk about crazy things on the right, and sometimes there are crazy things on the right, not necessarily dressing horses as ghosts, but other things much more serious. But doesn't it show some of the insanity and extremism of the left that uh, there are people who want to go to beautiful museums, and museums are, are supposed to be 
almost religious places where you uh, uh, exalt the very greatest achievements of uh, human artistry. And uh, you, you assault those museums by throwing food at masterpieces. That uh, food fight and more coming up on the Medved Show. Your daily dose of debate. We're not supposed to all agree. You need to uh, settle down a little bit and quit creating all that hate among the people. The Michael Medved Show. 1 800 Uh, there is the first instance I have so far been able to identify of a, an attempt at a serious defense of the epidemic of attacks on great masterpieces of art. Uh, and often there are attacks with food and they include people gluing their hands to picture frames or sometimes to the wall. And all of this in the name of climate change. The Los Angeles Times has an op-ed under the heading, Is Smearing Food on the Mona Lisa a Productive Form of Climate Change Protest? Blah, blah, blah. And the author is uh, Jackie Desforgas. And uh, she is a writer and an artist in Los Angeles, as she's identified. And she writes, uh, in recent months, climate activists have been in a food fight with art museums across Europe. Their protests include throwing tomato soup at a Van Gogh painting in London's National Gallery and smearing cake on the protective glass over the Mona Lisa. Last week, they threw mashed potatoes on the glass covering a Monet in a German museum. Aside from some minor damage to a few frames, none of the art itself has been harmed. And then she writes, I used to work as a gallery attendant in a contemporary art museum before COVID hit. My job was twofold, protect the art and answer people's questions, but mostly protect the art. None of the pieces where I worked was behind glass. Many were worth more money than a Los Angeles mansion. My fellow gallery attendants and I were the only things standing between the art and all the people who came to take selfies with the works. There is still part of me that flinches whenever I'm visiting a museum and I see someone getting too close to a piece of art. I've made visual art in some form for my entire life, so I have reverence for the physical care of an artwork. And yet, and here it comes, there is another part of me formed in these long hours guarding wealthy people's paintings for minimum wage pay that was darkly delighted when I saw the food hit those paintings. We will not let you get away with this. It is the part of me that uh, understands that the only way to make these and other powerful institutions pay attention to you is to get too close, especially to something of great value with a high price tag. A part of me that understands that this isn't about hurting art, it is, if it were, these activists would pick pieces that aren't behind glass. Uh, whether or not smearing mashed potatoes on a glass-enclosed painting is an appropriate response, it feels like energy matching energy. Wait, it feels like energy matching energy? 
we are facing extinction. More than that, we are creating it. We are the artists of our own extinction, painting ourselves out of the picture. If we are going to allow that, then what is the point of the art we're protecting? Who are we protecting it for? Well, we're protecting it for the aliens who are going to come and occupy Earth after humanity has become extinct. I mean, uh, who are we protecting it for? We're protecting it for future generations. And yes, we will have future generations. We are not going extinct. And again, <laughs> the how is it helpful to anyone to encourage the idea that humanity is doomed. Does that uh, make it more likely that people are, are going to uh, uh, actually work in behalf of uh, curbing some of the climate change? I do wonder about the short-term effects of these protests, she asks. Will uh, museums now become even less accessible than many already are because of the fear for their artwork? Maybe more institutions will start putting up glass or locking people out, though I doubt it, if it uh, keeps money from being made. Maybe humans will continue to focus more on protecting art than on protecting the earth. Uh, okay, first of all, she talks about money being made. Most museums do not make money. Uh, they are non-profits and non-profits in a very, very big way. People contribute to them because they are places of intrinsic value. Uh, I, I'm one of those people, I, when I visit a museum, especially a comprehensive museum that shows you the whole range of what humanity has created over the last many centuries, uh, it's inspiring and it it's, uh, uplifts you. And uh, the idea that those operations exist to make money, she uh, writes, these activists feel to me like Earth's version of gallery attendants running around telling us all to step back. We are getting too close. We're walking straight past them. And then we're somehow shocked that the hands that could nurture such a masterpiece could also be the ones to destroy it. Okay, this is it seems to me so incoherent and so terribly misguided the idea that somehow uh, the the uh, idea of throwing tomato soup or something is is getting activists that uh, the, here is a clip uh, from NPR which gives I, I think a somewhat similar, though less elegantly worded, a version of the argument placed in this editorial from the LA Times. This was from the activist who threw soup uh, on a Van Gogh of the sunflowers. Listen. Now, at what point did the group get into this practice of targeting museums, paintings? Since October, we have been engaging in disruptive acts all around London, because right now, what is missing to make this change is political will. So our um, action in particular was a media grabbing action to get people talking, not just about what we did, but why we did it. And what did you do? Me and my amazing friend Anna threw soup on the Vincent van Gogh sunflower painting. 
in the National Gallery of Art there in London. Yes. What is worth more, art or life? Okay, this is outrageous. It, it, it's not a choice. It's not the art that is costing human life. In other words, if you want to do vandalism, I mean, which is also illegal and also shouldn't happen, but uh, let's say you wanted to do graffiti or something of that order on uh, an automobile manufacturing plant or a power plant or something that you object to specifically. But why object to the art? This art does not cost anything to the climate. There is no association between a museum and a beautiful painting and the destruction of the climate. And the idea that you can uh, gain some attention by showing yourselves uh, uh, somehow opposed to and uh, willing to show disrespect to artistic achievement is ridiculous, illogical, and profoundly destructive. Speaking of uh, profoundly destructive, nothing much more uh, destructive than nuclear war, right? And even at the time that Russia is still talking about using tactical nuclear weapons, there's more and more out of North Korea, including a uh, report that they possibly launched a, an intercontinental ballistic missile, uh, which apparently uh, a nuclear attack on the U.S. or allies, the uh, defense secretary, uh, Lloyd Austin has uh, made a remark that if uh, there is a nuclear attack on U.S. or the allies from North Korea, uh, it would be the end of the Kim regime. Does that mean that we hit them with nukes exactly? Where do we stand on uh, the latest outrages from North Korea? We'll be speaking about that with uh, Gordon Chang, uh, who has written about North Korea prophetically and profoundly. Uh, we will also be talking about the reports that uh, President Trump is about to launch his uh, 2024 campaign. And uh, we will get also to the uh, president's speech last night suggesting that uh, somehow the Pelosi attacker was connected in one way at least with the attacks of uh, January 6th. That and much more coming up in This Greatest Nation on God's Green Earth.